0: Arizona Sports, the local sports
1: leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it.
2: Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata.
0: It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning
3: and welcome. The world.
0: Dan Bickley Sportsman Sports Vince Morata It's a power-packed morning zoo, are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Spectacular This is the greatest Bickley and Morata I love this show (laughs) This is the greatest show in the history of
1: radio It's, It's the greatest radio show ever Bickley
0: and Murata. I hate everything about this show This is the worst show in the world.
2: Good morning and welcome to Friday.
4: It is here,
2: the last day of the week. Here on Bickley and Murata mornings. Bick's got the day off. Tim Ring, the hardest working man in radio. I am back. We are back. Driving home last night. We are so back. (laughs) Driving home last night. Suns game, after the Suns game. You know, the traffic situation in downtown. Not great when you had, I don't know. 70,000 people there watching sporting events but I'm listening to you
4: signing off as I'm pulling into my place yep still there and here you are and then the worst part about getting off the air when we did last night it coincided with the end of the Diamondbacks game trust me I was monitoring (laughs) and of course the D-backs bless the fans hearts about forty what? Eight thousand people. That's what they listed Chase it at that field last night. So I was fighting the. Human traffic, <laughs> walking out of Chase don't
3: last say night. Human traffic. Well, well, human traffic. Those are words that are not
1: going together. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> th- you were th- engaged the people in human who were trafficking walking. last night, Tim. What <laughs> are you <laughs> saying?
4: I don't know. Saw a lot of Dodger yeah. fans, so I was walking through. I was punching <laughs> and kicking. I was like Swinging? I was like Robert Stack walking through the airport at the beginning <laughs> of airplane. <laughs> Kick it in place. Flower What's from it? the Church of Religious <laughs> Consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old school reference. Very old school. <laughs> these, guys, these guys are like, what the hell not talking not about. A, Jared knows
2: airplanes. Yeah, I know. That's a very funny. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad, th- glad you're here. Jared, how are you today, Sarah? you doing well? We're all ready to attack this Friday yeah, together.
1: I'm especially glad that Tim's here and everybody's here because we know what today is. It's Sarah Cazell Music Day. Oh. This work? Did did you submit the list? No, I I completely forgot. No, no, I have a list. You have a list. I have a list that was submitted. What? Oh, was it submitted by Mr. Ham? I don't want to give anything away. But the person who submitted it shares a name with one of the draft picks of a certain great Ham. You know?
5: Are you? (laughs) Jordan sent you a list. (laughs) Way to go, Jordan! <laughs> I
2: wanted
4: to make this a reality, and here we are. Are you? T- Welcome to Sarah Palooza wait,
5: 2023. Wait. So it's Sarah Palooza, and I don't even get to participate in Sarah Palooza.
1: Oh, you can't! You just said you forgot about it. This well, I did. I didn't think you were serious. To this be honest, be an interesting study on
5: how well your husband actually knows you. It will be that's an right. interesting study. <laughs> and how far does he go to embarrass me? Like a own little in version
4: of the Newlywed Game. Wow,
5: <laughs> that's a, that's a next level right there. <laughs> okay, looking
4: forward to it.
5: energy? One for one, Jordan.
2: I can see Sarah bop into this at a wedding. Every time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every time. All right, it's Sarah Palooza on this Friday. Jared, let's get this started.
0: The Splash. 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 The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. It coming. It coming. The Splash brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com.
2: It wasn't supposed to be that hard for the Suns, but a win is a win, right? Suns take down the shorthanded Denver Nuggets, 119, 115, a footprint center. Seventh straight win overall. Kevin Durant scored 12 of his team high 29 points in the fourth quarter. Chris Paul hit a career high seven three pointers. In the Suns' win, Denver played without Nicole Ye- Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. While well, the Suns had pretty much a full complement of players, Suns also now eight zero in games that KD has played in. They're back in action tonight. Well, maybe some of the guys will be in LA against the Lakers at Crypto.com Arena. Tip off seven. Pregame coverage gets underway at six thirty on the Arizona Sports app and ninety eight seven. And then Sunday, Suns back home to finish off the regular season in a matinee against
4: the Clippers. Oh, they're now ten games over five hundred Vinny. That's their high watermark of the season. Mm-hmm. Good news is they got a win last night. I'm not sure how much better they got if the idea is to continue to pay, play their regulars to mm-hmm. get better in gel for the playoffs. I think the zombie nuggets turned the Suns into the zombie Suns last night. They, they touched, were zombies? They touched them. They touched them and they turned into zombies. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we'll see, or I don't think we should, we'll talk about it later, but oh, I don't, I we don't think we should see the Suns starters I'm tonight. Pick, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Uh, last you night in the NBA. Bra. You feel me, bruh? I, I feel you,
2: dog. Uh, the Jazz were officially eliminated from playoff contention. 114-98 to 98 to the Oklahoma City Thunder they lose. I looked at the box score. I didn't watch any of the game, obviously, but um, it didn't appear that winning that game and staying in playoff contention was all that important uh, to the Jazz.
1: That was their strategy the whole year, and they accidentally were. <laughs> they traded all their stars this off season, they were trying to tank and they somehow were pretty decent. Yes.
2: Uh, Miami Heat went on the road to Philly. They crushed the 76ers 129-101. to 101. Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler had 24 each for Miami. Speaking of the Jazz, former Arizona Wildcat Lowry Markinen plans on fulfilling his mandatory service time with the Finnish military this offseason according to reports. Finland requires male citizens to fulfill mandatory military service by the time they turn 30.
4: Oh my goodness. What if they go to war? He could miss the entire season. Yeah, I was go. I was going to <laughs> Google long. Finnish war
2: history. I- but- <laughs>
1: I don't want to be an ignorant American about breaking, this, but I don't remember, know much about the Finnish Army. Breaking news. Finland has a military. <laughs>
5: yeah. Ramona Shelburne's piece about it said that he would just be training up others this summer. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of training he has already received, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be any actual combat.
4: I think it's a ploy just to improve the Finnish military basketball team. like, oh! Yes. Lowry's so they, here! So when they play the Swedish military basketball, team day. Well, we know that's an oxymoron. And then when
2: you... <laughs> Hey, tell
5: Larson's offended.
2: <laughs> the uh, D-backs dropped their home opener to the Dodgers 5-2 at Chase Field. Dustin May sharp for LA allowing just one run over 6 innings and the D-backs offense managed just 5 hits the entire game 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Game 2 of that series tonight at Chase Field with Madison Bumgarner taking on Clayton Kershaw first pitch 6:40 game coverage starts at 6 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Good
4: crowd 48,000 last night. Huge crowd, but a lot of Dodger fans, as you said. Oh yeah, biggest crowd since, what, 2019. So the, the environment was great mm-hmm. at Chase Field. Yeah, a lot of Dodger fans, but so what? It was a predominantly a D-backs crowd. Let's yep. not let's not cloud that. They just didn't get enough traffic on the bases early in the game, and May was outstanding again. Yep. Uh, more potential movement on the
2: ASU men's basketball roster. Big man Warren Washington has declared his eligibility for the NBA draft, but is maintaining his college eligibility. Uh, he averaged 9.2 points and almost 7 rebounds for the Devils last year. He's the second ASU player to make that move joining point guard Frankie Collins who did it last week. And Devin Cambridge who said last week he was going to run it back for another year in Tempe added his name to the transfer portal. Cambridge averaged just under 10 points per game and started 35 contests for ASU. Uh, UCLA's Jaime Jaquez entering the NBA draft as well. The Pac-12 player of the year averaged 17.8 points and 8.2 rebounds for the Bruins. Here's something to look out for. Creighton's uh, Ryan Nemhart has entered the transfer portal. Yes, the player who committed the foul that eventually sent San Diego State to the Final Four is on the move. And Arizona seems to be a likely landing spot for him. Uh, Got that Gonzaga connection. Tommy Lloyd uh, recruited his brother. And hey, they've got a spot at point guard open with Kirk Reeson now. And do they do? A mountain mama. The portal's just great, isn't it? The portal. Fantastic. So good for college. Coyotes lost their ninth straight. They fell 4-2 to the Kraken. Jared McCann had a goal and two assists for Seattle who clinched a playoff spot for the first time in franchise history in just their second year. Yotes back at home tomorrow. They host the Anaheim Ducks at Mullet Arena in Tempe. And football veteran defensive tackle Corey Peters announced his retirement from the league on Thursday. He spent last year in Jacksonville, played 12 seasons, including seven years with the Cardinals, after he signed uh, as a free agent in 2015. As a Cardinal, 170 tackles, 8 sacks, and 81 regular season games. A tip of the cap to Corey Peters. Good locker room guy there. That- Great Great locker room guy, underrated player, and uh, always, always accessible to the media. Always accessible to the media. Good Uh, guy, good player. On a radio interview in Kansas City on Thursday, uh, Miami Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill said he's retiring. In three years, after the 2025 season, Hill's got uh, 598 catches and 63 touchdowns in his first seven seasons in the league. And there was a three-way tie on the leaderboard after day one of the Masters at Augusta, Georgia, Victor Hovland, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka. All shot seven under 65s, tri-leaders, returning champion Scotty Scheffler carded a four under 68. Three strokes back, entering Friday, Tiger Woods, the five-time champion, a two over, over seventy-four, and Silent Phil Mickelson, one under
4: seventy-one. Tyree Kill, if he is true to his word, uh, will retire then in his twenties, mind you. Said he wants to get into the gaming industry. Yes, he does. Wants to make his millions in the gaming industry. Look, more millions in the gaming. More industry. millions. Yeah. Yes, yes, more millions. <laughs> Now, you, all the Kyler Murray jokes are going
2: to follow. Gaming industry, here we go. <laughs> there you go. There's your splash for Friday, April seventh. Coming up, the uh, Suns kind of go through the motions, but they get a seventh straight win over the Nuggets. We'll get into it next. Bickley Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios with Tim Ring in for Bick today on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Wednesday presented
0: by Michelob Ultra, Bickley and Murata mornings, Arizona sports, the local sports leader.
6: So the clock is running out, there's no call at the end, it's waved off, the game is over and it is a final score of 119-115, the sun's coming away with a victory and it's wasn't one you'll want to talk about uh, to your in laws or your outlaws or anybody because the Suns uh, did come away with a victory. Not impressive, but they got the win.
2: The Hall of Famer Al McCoy on the uh, final call last night, and you could hear it. You could hear it in the tone in his voice. Well, and then the in laws and outlaws line is just classic, right. Al. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell your outlaws either. What would you do if your in-laws were
4: outlaws? Mm? Um, mm. Ask the it was white funny. herp family. <laughs> Al was great, so I was doing the game with Al and Tim last night. Al won't mind me saying this because it was a funny line, and the Suns did did uh, did come back and win the game. But at one point, uh, we went to timeout, and the Suns were just they were going through the motions. Right, they did mm-hmm. not play with an edge. They were they were not engaged, and I think the Nuggets had a short a small lead at the time and the nuggets played no starters as we know by now Mm -hmm. but then we went to timeout and al al looked at me and he said when are we going to play our
3: starters
4: (laughs) (laughs) it was a weird game there's no two ways about
2: it monty williams talked about it and we we wondered going into the game is this going to be one of those games where the Suns play their starters a half do they get 20 minutes Kevin Durant played
4: well over 40 minutes in that game. He played 40 minutes and Booker and Paul had to play 37 and I think the reason is Monty probably just didn't want the indignation of losing that game, mm-hmm. just from a, a vibe standpoint. Yeah, when like you, the, the emotional scar of like we're heading to the playoffs and we just lost to the zombie Nuggets, and, and the, the Nuggets B team at home. Look, the mode of thinking can change.
2: You can go into a game and say, "Yeah, we'll get a little bit of run tonight, and we'll, we'll blow these guys out." And then when you're faced with the possibility of losing, those competitive juices take over, and that affects your, your substitution patterns. But Monty talked about that. Human nature, but kind of a trend with the Suns, too, when they play shorthanded teams.
6: I do understand um, (laughs) competitive edge of high-level players. I think there's a, I don't know what you call it, but when you see that many guys out, um, human nature, whatever you want to call it, sometimes you drop your guard, you drop your edge a little bit, and... And then their, you know, backup guys and a couple of their guys who, one guy who starts, started playing well, and that turned us on a bit. So I, I get that part, but as we're trying to build some synergy and rhythm, you just want to see more consistency, like we did um, in OKC down the stretch and in the fourth quarter. And that's the thing, too, Tim. Is the Suns just saw
2: this Denver Nuggets team almost in the same form last Friday? And they struggled with them that night, too. They built a 27-point lead. It got down to four at a certain point. It was white knuckle time, and they got by it. So it was a little bit surprising to see them with their starting lineup struggle as much as they did again last
4: night. Well, what happened in the first game is they didn't struggle at first, got up yeah. 27, then they mailed it in. Mm-hmm. This game last night, they just mailed it in from the start. <laughs> that, so that, you know, you could see it in the opening. I mean, Devin Booker started one for eight. Booker only made three shots the entire game, mm-hmm. Vince. So... Again, I I mentioned it earlier, the Suns did lead the game after one. They led it at the half. They led it after three. But they never could quite... Gain game, game control. They were always kind of fumbling it around, and and Monty talked about it. I mean, and again, I, I mentioned the same word. They didn't have an edge, and it's human nature. And I thought Devin Booker drove the lane in the in the first quarter of the game. He, he missed a, a layup, but you just could cut, Kevin Durant turned it over, a couple of bad passes. You could just see that the Suns starters were just kind of like it was one of those nights where they're like, "What are we doing out here? Mm-hmm. We know we could kill this team if we wanted to." Uh-huh. So they were just kind of waiting around. For the moment to strike. And it finally happened in the fourth quarter, 825 to go. Nuggets hit a three to go up 99-93. They took a timeout. They came out, KD, couple three throws, hit a three, hit a jumper, and then the Suns go on a 23-8 run. They win the game, they get out of there. It was just it was kind of one of those and you you say to yourself, we're trying to play these guys to get better for the playoffs. That's why you play. I don't think they got better last night. In fact, the only thing they did last night was risk injury. How many? How many Suns fans? Every time Durant took a jumper, I was just watching his feet land, going, "Please, don't sprain any ankles, don't I'll get it. hurt." I've done the same thing, and
2: there was a couple of times where Kevin Durant had. You know, a lane to drive, and was a little bit hesitant to do so. And I think there was that that mentality. We saw it from Booker a lot. It wasn't a lot of big time attacking of, of the rim last night. They settled for a lot of outside shots. And let's face it, if they don't shoot the three the way they did, they lose that game. And and Chris Paul, there are things to take out of it. One of the things you can take out of it was there was some efficiency in clutch time, which has not been necessarily the norm recently for the Suns. That that was good. And Chris Paul hitting seven threes which is an extreme number for him, a career high number for him, and it was a weird stat line for Chris Paul. He hit seven threes, he took 15 shots and he only had two assists, and he talked about it
3: afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I ain't used to it. <laughs> you know, but um, it's it's one of those things where um, you know, guys keep telling me to shoot, telling me to shoot, and I just said, alright, <laughs> you know, and um, it is weird, but Whatever it takes, if that means scoring, if that means assisting, you know, then got to shoot to keep him honest.
2: Yeah, Chris Paul has done a great job the last two games of correcting something he wanted to correct, and that was eliminating any hesitancy he had and shooting those open threes because it's it's new to him. The adjustments he's made this year, uh, and it's being talked about some, but it's a different game for him. I mean, the ball's out of his hands.
4: He's he's a catch and shoot guy now. Which is amazing to me. And the offense dictates that he has to be. Yes, absolutely. We've talked about it. They're a top-heavy team. He's got to score. Does he need to score 25 a game? No, No, of course not. But the way the offense flows right now, he's going to end up with the ball in his hands, open for three. He's got to pull the trigger. He's got to be an effective scorer. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, they only have really four guys who you look at and say... This is a consistent scorer come playoff time. There's nobody else I look at and say, oh, yeah, we're going to get it out of this guy. The other guys are the other guys are crapshoots each and every game. Yeah, there's four guys. He's got to be one of them. He's got to score at least 15 points at every playoff game. But he was fantastic
2: last night. We'll have a lot more on the uh, Suns' victory and what is ahead for them in these last two regular season games. You can also text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. While the Suns were beating the Nuggets at Footprint Center across the street, the D-backs not beating the Dodgers in their home opener. D-backs daily. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim ring in for Bick here on Arizona sports, the local sports leader,
0: Arizona sports, the home of Arizona diamondbacks, baseball D-backs daily brought to you by the Arizona department of health services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call text or chat nine eight eight to access the suicide and crisis lifeline. Yeah, D-backs home opener last night, festivity in the air,
2: lots of fans. They're 48,000 at Chase Field. Many Dodgers fans, and the Dodgers fans got to start uh, celebrating early as they drew first blood in the second. Chris Taylor delivering an RBI single to open the scoring.
6: Kelly at the letters. There go the runners. Here's a pitch and a lander to left. Kelly get down for a hit and score run out into third. Carroll throws through on time. 1-0, well,
2: Greg Schulte on the uh, calls here on d Daily. They would add some more offense in the third. Max Muncy grounded into what could have been, should have been a double play. Throwing error on Geraldo Perdomo, so a run scored there for Eddie Freeman to make it 2-0. Then former diamondback. Remember the good old days, Tim, when JD Martinez was raking for the D-backs. Well, oh, I remember. Now he's yeah. doing it for the Dodgers.
6: One-two. And a shot to left. That's a hit. Let's see if Carroll can cut it off. He can't. It goes to the wall. Here comes Muncie heading for third. They're gonna wave him home. Here comes Cardomo's throw. We got to play at the plate. He's safe. Now down to third. And Martinez is tagged out there. Martinez will get an RBI double scoring Muncie to make it 3-0 Dodgers. Dodgers
2: would make it 4-0 on a James Outman RBI single that scored Will Smith so 4-0 there before the uh, Diamondbacks did anything on the uh, scoreboard and that first run came courtesy of Josh Rojas. 1-2 the pitch
6: and a fly ball to right and Hayward won't get it up against the fence it goes Perdomo will be able to come around to score and Rojas is in the second with an RBI double. Diamondbacks on the
2: board and score to one. yeah, four to one there. Uh, the Dodgers would answer Freddie Freeman absolutely kills it, that chase field. And he
6: continued doing that last night. Here's a pitch. And Freeman, a deep drive to left. Did he get all of it? Carroll back, and it's gone. Home run for Freeman, his first of the year. His first run batted in, the Dodgers lead it 5-1. And as you could hear, there was one Dodger
2: fan in particular sitting very close to the crowd, Mike, who <laughs> was excited by Freddie Freeman's home run. <laughs>
4: 396 feet. Two. 5-1 uh, at that
2: Five-one, Yeah, 5-1 at that point. It would end up uh, 5-2 the final and Greg Schulte, uh, on his first call of the year, the home game at uh, Chase Field on the Diamondbacks Radio Network. Um, Tori Lavello, the manager of the Diamondbacks, had a lot to say after this game, including not being all that pleased with the offense to this point.
3: Yeah, for the second second time in a row, um, their starting pitchers seemed to seem to um, throw a pretty good game against our offense. Um yeah, you know, I want to give credit where credit is due, but I feel like, um, given the fact, I think it was 13 or 14 innings that they're starting pitchers now throwing against us, and I felt like we 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 um, where we got to get to and where we're going, we got to find a way to win these types of games and, and beat these types of pitchers. Um, you know, there's a certain standard here that we want to make sure that we're upholding, and um, you know, I believe in our hitters enough to go out there and execute against anybody, and we got to believe that in our in our deep in our heart every single day we're going. To Go out and be, no matter
2: who's, who's yeah, and that hasn't happened so far. D-back seven games in, Tim, have yet to have a double-digit hit game. They're hitting 214 as a team. And when you talk about the strengths of this ball club as it's currently constructed with the rules that are in place right now, and we talked about it in a positive light uh, earlier in the week, especially in that last game in San Diego, you gotta have traffic on the bases to make those things happen to take advantage of your speed and you know they 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 were stuck on one hit for for most of that game last night when Dustin May was on the mound it's just not good enough
4: yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna be a team that's gonna sit back and hit three or four home runs no. in, in, in a game and the and if you don't have guys on the bases you can't take advantage of your speed and as you mentioned one hit through five innings uh, and that that it, listen Dustin he's a good pitcher and now he's handcuffed him for two games. But as Tori Lavello is saying, there you, you, we've got to find a way to to put the ball on the bat and get guys on the bases to take advantage of our speed, and they're not they're not doing that. One hit through five innings is clearly not good enough, and he didn't take advantage. And he makes some defensive miscues as well. So again, the hallmark of the team mm-hmm. is supposed to be base running and defense small ball if you will. Yeah. And they're not doing that right now. And that's not going to be good enough certainly against a team like the Dodgers. And, and again, it was a great atmosphere Uh, You have your largest home crowd since August of 2019. I mean, a a capacity crowd at Chase Field. That place is cavernous, obviously, 48,000 people. Uh, It would have been great to get a win on opening night. Did not happen. Uh, And again, as the D-backs did not muster enough offense early in the game uh, against May now, who has given them all kinds of problems here early in the season. May's ERA is 0.69. Yeah, that's kind of like a dominant softball pitcher ERA.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's not a baseball ERA. Right. It'll go up. But, yeah, I mean, two, two good starts for May against the uh, Diamondbacks. And on the flip side, Merrill Kelly, who's been very dependable in his time as a starting pitcher for the D-backs, not at his best, according to his
3: skipper. You know, Merrill, I don't think he had his best stuff. I, you'll probably be talking to him. It's just my, my personal opinion. I thought his changeup was clearly his best pitch. He was trying to get to it. He had a lot of swing and miss with it. Um, and, you know, typical Merrill fashion, it was 100 pitches getting into that, into that um, five-plus territory. And I just, I was, you know, trying to have him match up. I felt like the matchup was right. Just that last hit was a little bit too much, and we had, we had to maneuver, and go to the bullpen. But uh, once again, we had, some, we had some good opportunities. We just couldn't cash in. I think the difference in the game was us executing at a high level, which we have done in the past for the games that we won.
2: Yeah, it's very early in the season, Tim. Still seven games in, but already you 're seeing just the lack of offensive punch from the Diamondbacks and how I think how how bad it can get early their lineup last night that they put out there after the game, if you look at the season batting averages there 's only one guy that 's above three hundred and that 's seven games in and it 's Geraldo Perdomo by the way. Cattell um, Marte, 179. Lourdes Goriel Jr., 179. Gabby Moreno, 176. Kyle Lewis has been counted on as a DH and a pinch hitter, 133. 133.
4: Alec Thomas is 0 for the season. 0 for 10. Corbin Carroll, 222. Yeah. Christian Walker, 240. That's. That's They're the, in
1: mid-season form, I'm I not mean, sure.
4: Nick Ahmed is hitting 333. So, yeah, I mean. Man, he didn't play last night, but
2: yeah, you, you, you get the point. You got to have runners on pace to capitalize on your strengths.
4: And now you throw Madison Bumgarner out there tonight. It's
2: going to be a very interesting so, let's see. examination tonight.
4: By the way, a good couple weeks for guys named Dusty May.
2: Oh, yeah, Dust it? Yeah, do they. Do his teammates call him Dusty? In the, I just did. You know, okay, okay. We'll go there. the sake go. Sure. Okay. For, the sake of that, <laughs> for the sake of that joke, yes, yes, they do. Yes. Not really a joke. I think an astute observation <laughs> uh-huh. by the ringer. There you go. Did he could be Dusty. Dusty May, by the way, did he get... Uh, he's still at Florida Atlantic, right? He,
4: no? he is still at Florida Atlantic, Normally,
2: yes. that is the recipe for a coach to get a better job, right? Right. Yeah. When you take a team like that <laughs> deep into the tournament, you're gone. Next year.
1: Next year he'll be on his way. And again the, the, the guy who beat Purdue just that one game got a got new a job. job. Yeah.
4: Maybe he went so far all the jobs were filled already.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so he, he missed, did too well. Missed he missed, he missed
4: the cycle. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. Right? They were all filled. Yeah. Dang it, we should have lost in the Elite Eight. Right? of us got, got to lose in week 16. i got to go back to Boca when Raton. The, when the jobs are still open. And yeah. did you
2: see, I, I know this is d Daily, but did you see his quotes, too, leading up to the Final Four? When he took the job, he had a nervous breakdown. He's like, what am I doing? This is career suicide. <laughs> we play in a gym that holds 2,500 people. The facilities stink. And they made the Final Four. The Final Four. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, more on, on on Madison Bumgardner, And I talked about that's that him. That's a nice thing to say about him. <laughs> more on Madison Bumgarner now <laughs> oh, he went back for testing the testing showed nothing I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the velocity early in that game can you get an uptick after one start at this point of the season I've maintained and I will continue to maintain that you got a very short lease on, on Madison Bumgarner I know you countered yesterday on the show Tim with they still owe him thirty-seven million dollars. Yes, yes, they do.
4: At some point, you can't continue to run him out there. You can't if you want if if you want to accomplish your goals. He's such a competitor, though. I mean, who doesn't love Madison Bumgarner? I mean, the the guy, yes. the guy's a warrior. I mean, you want him in a street fight. You want him on your team. You want him in your clubhouse. Mm-hmm. But I think Madison Bumgarner would probably be the first guy to admit you, if if a guy can't get the job done. You owe it to the other 24 guys in that clubhouse. You just can't continue to run them out there no matter what the price tag mm-hmm. is, no matter what the paycheck says. It's not right. It's not fair. Not fair to the other guys. Not fair to your fan base. Not fair to your organization. I- so if he, get, if he gets shelled again tonight, yeah. I, I mean, tough decisions have to be made by the organization at some point. Maybe not after tonight. But we're getting to a point where those conversations probably yeah. have to take
2: place, so. and maybe not even getting shelled. But again, an eyeball on the velocity—you know—is Madison Bumgarner at a point in his career where he, where he can be effective/slash dominant with with lessened velocity? I don't know if he's that guy. I mean, Greg Maddox was was awesome at it, but he was that way his whole career. Last point I'll make on Diamondbacks Dodgers: it just feels different when you lose to the Dodgers. That's the way I view it. I was telling you, like. You really don't like the, the Dodgers. The Dodgers demoralize you. There's all this hope and optimism about the upcoming season, home opener, and you go out there and you get dominated by the Dodgers again and it's just that that rude reminder of, you know, who you are and where you are. You know?
4: Well they got a gazillion dollar payroll. I mean, you know,
2: that, but they also have that's the part of it.
4: Okay, but it, you go out there and get a W tonight, and all no. of a sudden you're straight up even with them. What's
1: demoralizing yeah, the yeah. is not only do they have a gazillion dollar payroll, but the Dimebacks always get killed by the superstars, by the Amazing prospects that somehow the Dodgers have the best farm system. In addition, and by these guys that are washed up that nobody ever heard of, the, the that list
2: they, of castoffs that they the, found over the years, and, the, and they turn them all-stars. into all yeah, stars. Yeah, Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, Justin Turner. It, that that We're I mean that's why offs. they win
1: every year is because they're good in all three aspects of finding good players. But it's know, but, but
4: castoffs can play better when they're surrounded by high dollar talent, right? I mean it's just that's kind of the you know like in, like in basketball, role players tend to play better when sure. they're surrounded by superstars. Yeah. I mean I, listen, look look at the payrolls. What do people expect? I, it sucks. At least you don't have to play them 19 Uh, times anymore.
2: I'm not saying I didn't expect it. I'm just saying it's just equally as demoralizing. Well, Uh, after after they leave town, there's only five more games. That's a good thing. Uh, D-backs and Dodgers, game two of that four-game series tonight. Bumgarner against Kershaw. You can hear it on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. First pitch is at 640. Coming up next, uh, some college athletics news that's not all... Optimistic, especially locally. We'll tell you more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: We're very positive uh, about the way forward. Uh, Certainly Kenny Dillingham. Uh, is a, a, a big uplift for us and a lot of energy and excitement uh, but we look across the board and see that we've got the number one ranked women's uh, excuse me men's swimming and diving with Bob Bowman you got uh, Willie Bloomquist off to a great start in baseball you got uh, Megan Bartlett in uh, softball you got a wrestling team uh, ranked you got our men's and women's golf teams ranked uh, men's basketball uh, hopefully he's going to get on a late charge and get into the uh tournament uh, and so overall we got gymnastics doing well water polo. so overall our uh, athletic department uh, is healthy but always positioned uh, to get better and that's what we're trying to do Trey anderson the
2: vp of athletics at arizona state university when he joined bickley and Murata mornings for newsmakers week that was back on february 23rd and kind of the state of asu athletics and Look, you know, Ray Anderson's got a job to do. He's going to highlight the positive. He's going to accentuate those things and maybe gloss over the negatives. There was a story that came out this week, and I shared it with you yesterday. I told you about it uh, at the Suns game. And I couldn't believe it. You had uh, kind of the same reaction I did, but uh, there was a study done on football recruiting spending. Analysis of public ret- records obtained by USA Today, but there was also a writer um, at Cbssports.com that did a deeper dive on this and broke it down by Power Five institutions on what these programs spent on football recruiting, the five-year average between 27 and 2022, uh, 2017 and 2022, and just their spending in 22 alone. Uh, And that is on the recruiting front. Not surprisingly, you got teams like Georgia and Clemson and Alabama way at the top of the list. In fact, uh, Georgia, the defending national champion, $4.5 million in 2022 spending on recruiting. On recruiting alone, $4.5 million. That was higher than anybody else in the country, and a wide gap even in the SEC, Texas A&M
4: 2.98, Tennessee 2.91, Alabama 2.32. Like, like te- Texas, 2.4 million, Oklahoma 2.6 million. I mean, you, you hear the wild stories about how Texas recruits, so to put it in perspective, Georgia almost doubles up Texas. Yeah. That's crazy, right? And you see the results. On the other
2: end of the spectrum, I was surprised to find out that Oklahoma State, of all the Power 5 football programs, spent the least amount of money in 2022 on recruiting at $455,689.
4: That's right down to the dollar. Despite historically having one of the biggest single athletic department boosters in the history of college football, Yes, who's no longer with us, mm-hmm. but his legacy financially, no doubt, carries on. When you, but when Mike you Gundy at- chooses, and the school chooses, to not spend apparently a whole lot of money on recruiting.
2: But if I told you... The, the, the lowest amount spent on recruiting in 2022 by a Power 5 conference team was $455,000, and I didn't tell you who it was. You no, would not guess Oklahoma State, and you wouldn't
4: even guess a program that wins football games, which they do. No, they finished in the top five in the country two years ago and won the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you move up
2: one spot, the second, least. the second least amount of money spent on recruiting in wah, Power 5... Wah. Arizona State University. there it is. four hundred sixty one thousand one hundred ninety six dollars. There it is. About a hundred and eighty thousand less than the eleventh spending team. Uh, in Washington State. Now, uh, the figures did not include Stanford and USC because
4: they're private schools and we don't have the data on those two schools. I think we can assume USC spends more than $461,000 on recruiting. (laughs) I would assume. This was, I eye-opening to me.
2: And yes, there's recruiting issues right now at ASU, and I'm sure the budget got slashed. But their
4: 2017 to 22 average was right at $461,000. So it can't just be the restrictions put on the coaching staff recently. No. Their average from 2017 is right at 461. i will say this. If that's what they're going to spend, they've got the right head coach in place. And Kenny
2: Dillingham, who is absolutely tireless... On the recruiting trail, and I guess that's the marriage you need. If you're if you're going to be thrifty in that department, you have to be have a guy who's just going to work harder than everybody else. Well,
4: how, why are you thrifty in that department? When and you're you one talk of the biggest all- public institutions in the nation, if when Washington State is outspending you in recruiting, that is embarrassing. When Oregon State is more than doubling you in your recruiting budget, that is embarrassing.
5: Is it still true that Ray Anderson wants ASU football to be a top 15 program nationally? Well, you Which know the, what the, he you, said when Herm Edwards came you in. You bring mm-hmm. up a great point. You want your program to be a top 15
4: national program. And competing for conference championships every year. And spend like that? Uh-huh. But yet you give them a budget that is at the basement of Power 5 schools? You want them to make a great meal, but you want
5: them shopping at Aldi? <laughs> Hey, people like Aldi out here. Sorry, You want them to make chicken salad with chicken blank. And ASU doesn't doesn't have the benefit of being a traditional football power where it's like, oh, we can rely on our name, our uh, tradition, our history. No, you have to spend to build this up. I just don't understand that. And and, uh, also,
4: as of 2021, you can Google it. It's right out here. The second highest paid athletic director in the country is Ray Anderson. Ray Anderson's salary is four times as much as the football recruiting budget. So, so, how do you, so, you're you're an ASU athletic uh, booster or a fan or an alum. How do you reconcile that? I don't know if you can. I don't think. I, I, I-, I mean, I it, that wouldn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. I, I I just that that that's rough stuff. That is rough stuff. This, like I said, it was completely eye opening, and we don't even have time
2: to get into the other college story, where I have to agree with Dick Vitale complaining about <laughs> the transfer portal in college basketball. There are 1,100 players in the transfer portal right now.
4: 1,100 plus and, there's, there's a, and, and there's a magnetic force field that is this nil that is pulling kids into the portal, creating this doorway. That uh, the doorway exists. And then this magnetic force is pulling kids through said doorway. Devin Cambridge said he was staying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, but then a week later. What do you think changed? Well, somebody calls his mom and dad or somebody calls him on his cell phone and says, hey, we got $350,000 for you, Deb, if you want to come play here next year.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Two days later, he's in the portal. You can't blame him. He's not in the portal Because he just felt like it one day. He's in the portal because he knows there's a payday at another school. He knows exactly where he's going. Or is it a trial
2: balloon, too? Hey, you know what? Maybe there is opportunity somewhere. I want to stay, but maybe I need to shake the boosters and the NAL NAL people in Tempe to get some some balls rolling for me.
4: Possibly, but the fact that he already said he was staying and then suddenly changed makes me think that somebody got to him. Yeah. Or somebody got to him and says, "Dude, put yourself out there. See what you can get. Yeah, maybe that's it. There's other fish in the sea. Those on guys, <laughs> the AAU guys. Yeah, the cesspool. It's just it's
2: it's a really hard, drastic transition to, to get used to right now. I
4: it's mean, so not Bobby's got to build
2: his whole team up again from scratch. Yeah, every year, it's not a four year proposition anymore." It's like a four month proposition in college basketball. Coming up next, Sun's going to win over the Nuggets last night. There was some good. There was some bad. I'll give you my view of it and Vinny's view next. It's Pickley and Morado mornings with Tim Ring and for Beck here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.